Is it happening? It's happening. I'm ready. It's been two weeks. I know. I feel like I watched this movie too long ago, and now I don't. Okay. Yeah, I watched it. Oh man, I'm not prepared. I did not take notes. It's fine. You don't. It's not. Did you take notes in here? Yeah, I took notes where it counts. Welcome back to Heat Seeking Panther. We have another guest. Hey, Dave, I realize that we don't actually do any intros to any I of know, our episodes. Like a bunch of them, we just start talking and then go right into it. And then yeah. I'm like, oh. Yeah, we're really bad at it. Someone asked me, they were listening to it. They were like, uh, every episode, I think that I start in the middle of it. <laughs> They're like, I always think there's like 10 minutes that I missed. And then I scroll back and it just starts. How should we do our intros? Well, I think it was, okay, remember when Alex said that he wanted to start beef with Mark Marin when he was on? Yeah. So I think I, sh- I think we should start the podcast by introducing it as "What the fuck" with oh. Mark Marin. <laughs> Lock the gate. <laughs> I don't think that's the song. <laughs> uh, this is "What the fuck" with Mark Marin, um, broadcasting from where are we? Studio City, Sherman Oaks. Sherman but Studio Oaks. City sounds cooler. So yeah. I tell people who aren't that familiar with the Valley that I live in Studio City. Yeah, it's all the same. Hey, Sherman Oaks sounds like some like like your grandfather's estate yeah, or something like a retirement yeah, yeah it's no good if i was a valley girl like you i would know the difference I, well yeah over in hollywood high or like in uh if it in halloween uh mood it, it's maybe the place where like the stepford wives live right it's, yeah. yes okay so yeah moonstruck we're talking about moonstruck and we have a special guest hi aaron say hi hi i'm aaron <laughs> This is Aaron. Miles, introduce Aaron because you know all the uh, amazing uh, things. I, I should let Aaron introduce herself. Can you? Um, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm here as a share expert or the closest <laughs> <laughs> to a share as expert could muster from our group of friends, I guess. Uh, I like Moonstruck a lot. I, uh, I think Cher's great in it. I think she's just the fucking best in it, but, um, I'm not, I'm by no means a share expert. I've heard like a couple of her singles, um, and I follow her on Twitter. So, Oh, but you're up to date. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Cher has far and above the best Twitter presence. It's I think amazing. of any celebrity. Is that true? It's very true. You should read her Twitter if you haven't already. What, what does she tweet about? It's, that's a, I can't answer that question. Yeah, okay. It's the that's, sort of thing you have really, to just experience for that's yourself. That's the best recommendation you could give me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if somebody's um, drunk midlife crisis mom had a Twitter account, uh, but she was also like a cool mom, I right. guess. Yeah. Cher is past midlife, though, right? She's got to be close to 70 at this point, right? She's, yeah. She's an older woman, and she looks great. Mm-hmm. She does. Uh, when was Aaron? When did you first see Moonstruck? Uh, I was probably like eight or nine. And uh, and what did you think of it then? Um, I had a huge crush on Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I was like all about Nick Cage in that. What what was it about Nick Cage um, that uh, burned your eight year old <laughs> desires? Well, Burned them uh, up. I, you know, I'm not really sure. I guess it's like, he's very animalistic in it. It's very, he's very like uh, lupine. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, yeah, I, I was into that. I thought that was hot. Um, 
I also, he seemed very like, uh, he needed, he needed someone to take care of him. You know, that's, yeah. women love that. <laughs> I think every single girl I've ever talked about Moonstruck with is like, I love Moonstruck. It's just, it seems yeah. universal to me. And I feel like that's totally it yeah. is that he's like, he's all like kind of, uh, he's unhinged, but then he's, he's all, he's so passionate yeah. and, uh, and she's in a rut and he's just like, no, like, Love. Yeah. It's Amore. <laughs> it's pretty great. He'd be a fucking terrible person to like actually date. <laughs> to get a relationship But with. like, if you're going to like sneak around on your uh, fiance, I mean, Nick Cage is your guy. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny how they address no consequences at the end of the movie <laughs> of like all the, of, of any of the characters choices. In the yeah. Film. Like everyone is pretty much just like cheating on everyone else yeah. and like lying to everyone. And then at the end they're like, Hey, it's okay. It's Amore. <laughs> Familia. <laughs> no. I will say that I think that last scene is like one of my favorite scenes in cinema. It's great. It's such a good scene. And I, because it does, you know, they do pull off this trick of there's all this shit that seems like it's going to be all this shit. Everyone's cheating or thinking about cheating (laughs) and having issues. And they're just like, no, we just sit down, we have a meal. It all comes out and it doesn't matter. We have a little cry and then we drink and we're good. It's, it makes me feel good every yeah. time. I feel like it's a very Italian way of dealing with your problems. Yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, instead of getting mad, like, let's just eat food together. Yeah. yeah let's just get drunk and yell a little bit and then uh, we're all right. Does that reflect your Italian upbringing, Miles? <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. I mean, I think it affected my parents more than me because yeah. they actually like... They like grew up in that like old, mm-hmm. old world kind of life. So I think that like, yeah, I mean, I did, I, I did definitely like I had aunts like, or great aunts and uncles and my grandparents were always like, that's how they acted is, is pretty that, much. So your family functions are kind of like shares in Moonstruck. When the whole family gets together, but my parents lost a lot of that like tradition when they came out to California, mm-hmm. as many people that moved to California <laughs> do. <laughs> um, so I wouldn't say like it was like a daily occurrence for me, but it's definitely something that I experienced and I was familiar with. Yeah. It seems nice. Yeah, it's all right. There is a lot of yelling, though. Yeah. I mean, it's all like, you know, that that's the thing is Italians don't know how to express like any emotion without getting loud about it. Right. So even when there's no like anger or outright, you know, it's still, everything's just so loud. Like anytime anything happens, like whether it's good or bad, it just, everything gets really loud. It's rather, I, I don't know if I would take that over my family's just like, silently uh pushing it down and uh, oh are you irish catholic too uh, there's there's some irish <laughs> there's some british there's some uh swedish oh yeah I don't know. just uh, avoiding confrontation those. and wrestling with it in yourself <laughs> until you come to some sort of uneasy like equilibrium yeah letting it out in little tiny passive aggressive yeah, bursts yeah, right. like right. until it doesn't matter anymore yeah like letting the air slowly out of a balloon yeah exactly <laughs> It probably would have been uh, more healthy for people to just be like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. Have then, a drink. I right. love you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. That was my Italian. That, thing was, that was all right. It was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, it's about like I, this movie is the most it makes my hands want like my middle finger to touch my thumb. I mean, you just go <laughs> like, ah, familia. I mean, they play the theme song is that fucking song. Well, do you know, apparently when they first, when they first made it, they used 
whatever that Pacini opera is that they go to oh. see together. They use one of the songs from that. Uh-huh. But like the audience hated it uh-huh. because apparently it gave them some weird idea of like how this wasn't a comedy or like this wasn't yeah. a lighthearted movie. Yeah, and the, also because opera sucks. Yeah, and that's and <laughs> like and that opera just, is not interesting. That just doesn't get anyone in any kind of mood for this sort of film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it really does set the tone nicely. I mean, that the scene where they go to the opera kind of made me want to go to the opera. Maybe just to like dress up, yeah. and, and be there and like point at like they, they like point at the painting and he's like uh yeah Chagall he's just having a little fun I was like that looks like fun you catch your dad cheating and you're just like we can't do this here we're at the opera <laughs> <laughs> which makes me wonder how often people run into people they know at the opera, the opera. but then just decide like this is not this is not the time or place yeah, right now <laughs> like, we are out we paid for the balcony box seat box. yeah those aren't cheap <laughs> no how does Nick Cage like on a bread maker's salary of <laughs> Ford box seats to the Met, though. Is, is he a, well, it's called a baker for one. <laughs> um, does, does, doesn't he, I think he owns the bakery. Oh, does he? he? Or, okay. I don't know. Maybe does he? not. I, he seems like he might. I mean, would they let, would you let someone that surly be your employee for that long? No. You, like, <laughs> I feel like he has to own it. Right. Also, I'm sure that he can't be like his, I'm sure missing the one hand, like. It does limit him. Does limit him. Because, I mean, baking is, or I'm sorry, bread making is all, <laughs> is all about working with your hands. <laughs> Cooking all that bread. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but there are all those older Italian guys. I just figured one of them would be in charge. He's just like the wolf man who like is in the hot yeah. hole <laughs> throwing dough around. Oh, you're getting me. You're getting me wet. <laughs> Look, that scene where she goes down and first meets him. I, I mean, I get a little wet. Yeah, I'd let him throw my dough around anytime. And, and he yells at his hand. He's just so <laughs> mad. He holds it up like like a trophy. And, you know. It's a bummer. And, and and why did they fall out? It's like the stupidest reason. Yeah, well, no, because he he was uh, in love, or he, he had a wife or a fiance or something. Nick like Nick Cage did, and then he his brother <laughs> his brother like distracted, distracted him. him. That's <laughs> your fault. That and is then, not like, your brother's uh, fault. The fucking. Uh, Wait, it was some kind bread of machine. Wait, was it something. a bread slicer? Yeah. I, it was some sort of machine in the kitchen, like mangled his hand. His whole hand. And then he blames his brother because his fiance left him after he lost his hand. Look, dude, that is not covered by your insurance. <laughs> your bro- that For like five years. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like sour grapes. Like, okay, your brother found a, a lady and you're now a handless <laughs> bread, <laughs> bread manufacturer. <laughs> but- I just... Like I wanted, I wish I was in the writer's room when they were figuring out like, well, we need a reason for him to hate his brother at like enough that he doesn't mind sleeping with his fiance. And we got to lose a hand. Uh, We have to take his hand out of the picture. He distracted him and he cut his hand off. Like that's the best they could come up with. There's so many other reasons you could have like legitimate beef with your brother. Yeah. And they pick that problem, which ultimately is just, I think, I think that kind of turned me off to Nick Cage's character at first, because (laughs) that's the first thing they tell you about him. And it's just literally something where like, dude, you're just being like really bitter about nothing you know what i mean um and so he nick cage is again i'm gonna just say this for the next like 10 to 15 episodes but he's he's really charming in this movie he is i can't i mean because i have that same reaction i'm like who the fuck are you but i'm just like yeah go ahead man yeah like you're just feeling he's just like he's just feeling oh wait i have this great quote from Cher, uh courtesy of oh my god uh, that book is amazing the man behind captain corelli (laughs) 
Hold on. Where did you get that book? <laughs> uh, Amazon. I bought three of them, actually, but oh this God. is the best one. Okay. Uh, Cher was equally complimentary about Nick Cage's performance. She said, you see him thinking a lot. He thinks deep thoughts. Or, I don't know if they're actually deep thoughts, but he's deep into thinking them. He gives <laughs> into them like they're deep. And I think that's like the most perfect assessment. Yeah. Because really nothing about his character in this movie is deep at all. And, you know? and nothing about his performances that we've seen up until this point are deep. But, they're, he, but he gives into them completely in a way that is really fun to watch. Like, I had the, the same thing again where I was like, is this a good performance? Is it, he's still kind of a cartoon character, but it doesn't matter because I'm really enjoying it. Well, and I think also the rest of this movie is kind of a cartoon. Yeah, it's You know what again. I mean? Like, yeah. they're just so, like, Italian yeah. and, like, everything is just like, I mean, it's like a comedy of errors. Like, right. she yeah. runs into her dad cheating on her mom while she's cheating on, you know, it's just yeah. like. Gra- Grandpa takes out the dogs to yeah, howl right. at the moon every night. Even the moon is like a cartoon moon. It's, it's huge. Like a ridiculous moon. It looks <laughs> like, like a spaceship orbiting the earth. It's like an ELO show. It's right. just like, what is that moon doing here? <laughs> and they're like, and, and it's just driving everyone crazy. Yeah. The moon, the moon does that though. Like it's it true. legit. It makes people crazy. And they have, they, they keep talking about like wolf, like, uh, like, wolves like yeah. people being wolves people, and especially and nick cage like they they like they make a very they don't like make a fine point of it like it's they underline that he is wolf like he is the beast in beauty and the beast i mean yeah it's basically a werewolf movie yeah right Cher's really hot in this movie too she but, is yeah. i liked her less when she did got her hair done Me too. i thought she yeah. looked better with the like Me salt too. and pepper yeah. natural looking hair mm-hmm Dude, she was 40 years old in the, when they did this movie, and Nick Cage was 23. Jesus. Really? Yeah. He looks older than she does. He <laughs> no. looks more haggard and fucked up <laughs> yes. than she does. He yeah. does. What, so when she's getting all dressed up for the opera, what is it? what is this trope in movies that like you have to buy the dress in the window? There is oh, no yeah. other dress you are allowed to buy other than the dress that is hanging in the window I think she when was you in walk a by a store. <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I've only got an hour to get to the opera. Uh, okay. That'll that one. Yeah, that one's fine. <laughs> You want to try it? No, no, just give it to me. I'll take it. That mannequin looks my size. She wears it to the opera and Nick Cage, of course, is like, oh, yes, my, mi amore, you look beautiful. But I love that her dad doesn't, he's so like, it's such a bad romantic with, he doesn't compliment his lady on her dress at all. He, uh, and with his like his like flirty talk with her is just talking about how he upsold people on the copper pipes <laughs> he sells as a plumber. Oh, the the dad from Frasier. I don't know why yeah. I noted that. No, I, I noted just, that too. Like that was funny to me, and apparently it helped him get the role on Frasier. Oh, because oh. someone was involved with the production and oh. they like remembered him and so him. they booked hmm. him. Yeah, he's just there striking out with all those younger ladies, and it's interesting that he doesn't actually hook up with. The mom. Right. Which is, it's kind of nice. The mom's kind of the only one that is like pure at the end of the film. True. You know? Yeah. She is the moral center for sure. Olympia Dukakis. Yeah. Also kind of hot. Yeah. 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 I like that she's not like, you know, furious that he cheated or she's just kind of like. I love that. Look, what's your, like, what are you doing? Come on, dude. (laughs) Snap out of it. I know that's. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. You're a, you're an old plumber. I've been married to you forever. Like, are you seriously, you're going to do this? Yeah. 
I wonder, I think she's probably just kind of shocked that he was able to get any, like, I, I feel like he's not, he's not attractive. The dad. <laughs> no, there's, really, he, he really has nothing going for him. It's not even like he's rich or like, ex, no. like successful necessarily. I mean, they do have that nice house. He's selling that copper pipe yeah. all over town. So do, you, do you think he has a complex because of the copper pipes? Do you I think he, that he feels like more like seems very self-assured. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the the whole back and forth about him paying for the wedding too. And then yeah. he like finally gets out of it because they're not getting married. Oh, and then right. she's like, Oh, I'm engaged to this other dude now. Like immediately. Well, <laughs> like, and also her mom makes a weird deal about being like, Well, yeah, you should marry what was her her fiance's name? Uh, Johnny. Johnny. She's like, You should marry Johnny because because you like him but you're not in love with him. Right. Yeah. And she's like, she's like, when you're actually in love with someone, they'll drive you crazy. So it's better that you're not. Yeah. yeah that's so odd to me, but it, I guess it makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then Johnny breaks up with Cher and she's upset, which is great. Right. But yeah. Cause that's, I, I feel like that's how any of us would act in that situation. I think yeah. so like all you can really seize the opportunity to like, look like you're the good guy in that situation Yeah, <laughs> and be like, <laughs> just throw a fit. <laughs> So, I just I wish life actually worked that way. Like I wish you're like this is a problem. If only this could be like really easily solved with no consequences. Well, I think that is part of why this movie has been so popular over yeah. the years is because it really deals with infidelity and like family structure in a way that isn't like really heavy or judgmental. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and and yeah, and then at the end it just sort of everything just like magically resets itself yeah. after some wine for the better. Everybody like Johnny's not even butthurt about it. Right. Like, he's in the picture. Uh, Ronnie <laughs> for, he forgives Johnny for distracting him that one time. <laughs> the mom forgives the dad for fooling around. The grandpa forgives the mom for walking with Fraser's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Those people who I don't exactly know their connection to anything yep. forgive Cher for like losing the money, almost stealing the money yeah. on accident. Yeah. Oh, whoops. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, sorry. I forgot to deposit your hundreds of dollars. Yeah. I yeah. mean, that almost drove uh, George Bailey to suicide. Yep. That mistake. And <laughs> Cher's just like, no problem. <laughs> yeah. Look, congratulations on getting some from two guys. But yeah, those, that's those people's livelihood in your yeah. purse. I'd argue that they actually got shafted the most of anyone in the film. <laughs> <You> think? <laughs> well, because they don't really walk away with it, like, with anything. Like, she's still, like, that's just, like, a, a loose plot hole at the end of the movie. It's just, like, oh, she, she doesn't, she lost the money or forgot to deposit it. And then, and then they just still hang out with her and then, like, finish the movie out. It's, like, if I was them, I'd be, like, hey, this is great, but look... Like, I don't know. I mean, I just feel like their their whole thing got kind of lost, but like because a family is having like a crisis. Well, I think they're you know? relieved that, that she has the money. Like, I think they yeah. were like, oh, fuck, where's our money? And then she's like, oh, I forgot to deposit. Yeah, right. Like, but oh, then but God. then go deposit it. Like, I feel like if I was them, I'd be like, OK, well, now that we're at your house, like, can you please go do this oh, right now? Like they can't leave without me. sitting down for a meal. That's right. I forgot. They're all Italian. Yeah. So <laughs> they come over. They have to have a meal first. Yeah. That Everyone's makes sense. Right. God, I wish I was Italian. That sounds it's, amazing. Miles, I wish you were the kind of Italian who had made us food before we came over. Yeah, I know. Fuck? I should be. Next time we'll make you a plate of ravioli before you come over. <laughs> That's a promise. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to note that Nick Cage's tattoo, back tattoo of a lizard with a top hat and cane is <laughs> on full display in this movie. Oh, is it? I See, I couldn't tell what that tattoo was. Right. I just I saw... I don't know if it was for the movie or if that's his real tattoo. That's or, his real tattoo. That's amazing. Yeah. 
Why did he get it again? You've, you be, you be, went over this in an episode earlier. but Because he was like kicking back against being a Hollywood star hunk person. Wanted to self-sabotage himself in another way that didn't actually affect his career at all. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I'm glad that it didn't. That'd be a bummer if he lost any roles because of that tattoo. You know, he may have. I mean, again, like what an amazing career that Cher saw his performance and Peggy Sue got married, lest we forget, and uh, and gave him this, which was like actually a huge hit. And uh, then he used that cred for Vampire's Kiss. I feel like this this was his this was kind of his breakout film. Yeah, I think right? so. This was like yeah. the most his most popular film where he was actually was this. Before or after Valley Girl? This was after. It was right? way after. Yeah. Valley Girl way was after. his first movie. So that I, I thought that was what like made him the heartthrob, or uh, it got him kind of popular, but he was still like doing pretty low budget or like underground movies until yeah. until this one. Listen to this. He he doesn't even understand why he was being successful. This is again from the unauthorized biography of Nicolas Cage, the man behind Captain Corelli. <laughs> I never really understood why Cher wanted to work with me after seeing me in Peggy Sue. I mean, I wasn't playing the kind of character that it would suggest an Italian leading man for Cher in Moonstruck. When I asked her what it was about my performance in Peggy Sue that influenced her decision, she said it was like watching a two-hour car accident. She, she said she had just recovered from a car accident when she saw <laughs> Peggy Sue got married. <laughs> That's amazing. You you wouldn't think a guy who was sort of Jerry Lewis on acid as a romantic powerful lead. This is again him assessing himself. But uh but she but Cher like fought for him to be in that movie. She threatened to quit because they didn't want to cast him when she first recommended him. Damn. All and these then established artists are just like, going, to, going bat to bat for some like weirdo that they've never met before. Totally. Well, I could see like she probably just really wanted to make out with him. Like I, I could see her fighting for him. Just apparently he f- refused to kiss her until the actual scene because he wanted all the sexual tension that he just felt from being a kid watching Cher and that they had built up. He wanted to come out in a big animalistic moment. And it paid off. <laughs> he throws the table. Yeah, he flips the table. He flips the table. <laughs> Fuck your kitchenette. <laughs> so wait, does he he is he like on record as having had a crush on Cher? Or? Yeah, like it's actually a little weird. I don't think I <laughs> underlined the quote, but he's talking about like essentially having a boner for her as a child. And uh, but yeah, good for you. Yeah. It's like Nick Cannon and Mariah Carey. They, they yeah. were like... They were the original. <laughs> I will note that this chapter is called Share Joy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, jeez, man. Come on. Yeah. Laying it on. The, the, the author of this book laid it on a little thick, I think, with that one. Yeah, it's not a subtle book. <laughs> oh, uh, really? I can't imagine why. <laughs> He's not a subtle man. No. But... Yeah, one of the reasons I did Moonstruck was because I thought it would allow me to take more of a chance on my next film, Vampire's Kiss, which hardly had any mass commercial appeal written all over it. And yeah, I play a man who's insane and thinks he's a vampire. That's an accurate assessment of the plot of that That movie. That's the whole plot. I feel like that's just him at this like i think he thinks nick cage now probably thinks he's a vampire yeah currently yeah um or something i would love 
I would love to sit down with him and just just let him go. Just let him talk. Does he do interviews anymore? I feel like I haven't I seen so. a, a contemporary interview of Nick Cage in like 10 years. Yeah, no, I don't know. I think he's too busy like filing bankruptcy paperwork yeah, like every so. yeah. 10 minutes. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't like to do them, uh, according to the literature I've read. Um, uh, also, all these books came out like... This one was like 2001 or something, and the other two that I have are like 1997, and they're all talking about how he's on top of the world financially, just making so much money and spending it like crazy, and they like they paint it as this like, the, like any car he wants, like any oh actually, excuse me while I just read one more thing. <laughs> yeah, I apparently that lifestyle didn't didn't do him very good for very long. Yeah, so when when he started to right before he was making this film, he was settling down with an actress named Jenny Wright and uh said uh this is 1986. They shared an apartment with Lewis, a Burmese cat, and a pet octopus oh called God. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> One of the many unusual marine creatures he would own over the years. He filled his apartment with art deco paintings and furniture. He led a generally quiet life despite the reputation he was to earn as a wild man who once allegedly roughed up a photographer at a hard rock cafe charity fundraiser, <laughs> smashing his flash gun. The snapper demanded $100 for repair, but had to be satisfied with $95 when Nick emptied his pockets in front of the security guard. <laughs> anyway, uh, that relationship fell apart right before um, this. So he was really sad and um, was acting, speaking to Jenny, he says, explicitly through his performance to share, expressing his love to her, and was dating and collecting more exotic animals. Um, Wait, he was dating, dating and other, collecting? Okay. other people. And, no, yeah, I wasn't dating the animals. <laughs> but he was bringing home potential girlfriends who would then sometimes feel uncomfortable in his house when they came face to face with his pets, which by this time included sharks, eels, stingrays, and the octopus cool. He said, the girls generally didn't like the eels, so I often lock them in the men's room before a date arrives. Which is weird because why does he say men's room for his own house? Does, he might have two, two separate bathrooms. I feel like that, like that might be the kind of thing that he would pull. Men's room yeah. for your yeah. eel storage. <laughs> it's just a urinal full of eels. <laughs> and the ladies room for the octopus. What drives a man to collect, like to like try to collect so many marine animals aquatic animals yeah. yeah i mean his entire i mean they're how big were the tanks that he kept them in like yeah. his entire apart or his entire house must have just been like like there must have been like a, a fish tank in every room right it doesn't seem like a good life for cool no no he strikes me as like like if he were in if he were just a character in something he's the he would be the villain like he is a super villain <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and i think he kind of likes that i think he wants to brand himself that way maybe yeah he um, he's definitely, I think, identifies more with being a supervillain. Has he ever played a villain in in a movie? He, what was that? I think I tried to uh, like intoxicatedly describe this anecdote a few episodes ago. But he was going to be in like Spider Man, and he wanted to. He was going to be the villain, but he insisted on doing it with a Jamaican accent. So they they didn't. <laughs> they cut him. Wait, supposed to be like like the the. 
uh, what was the the goblin? I who, think it was Spider Man, uh, and I don't okay. remember if it was the goblin or if it was like the follow up with where it ended up being the rhino or something. Oh, okay. But anyway, it's a very blurry a Jamaican. Accent. Wait, so but, Nick Cage insisted on doing a Jamaican accent. Yeah, here's what I know: there was <laughs> a big he, budget superhero movie. They wanted Nick Cage as a villain. He insisted that the character had to have a Jamaican accent. Like that was the way that he saw it. And there was other crazy shit too. And they were like, "I'm sorry, it's not <laughs> worth it at this point to cast you." Man, I want to see that. That's like when yeah. he almost played Superman. Yes. Did he? I didn't know that. I know he's like really into Superman, but I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, no, was. there was a Tim Burton Superman that they planned in like the mid 90s. Oh. And uh, they got as far as screen testing him. And you can, you can see the footage on YouTube. He looks insane. And the outfit yeah. is. <laughs> they had a lot more work to go before that was like. <laughs> uh, before that, they could shoot him in that costume. Yeah. And but, then they were like, is that a lizard with a top hat on your shoulder? Yeah, they're like, sorry, right, sorry man. That is, that is so not Clark Kent. You gotta. <laughs> Superman, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but then they like they can the picture for I don't know whatever Hollywood canning movies all the time for whatever like, reason. It was but like Kevin Smith was like involved in that, right? Or am Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Kevin Smith. Kevin. I don't know. Wasn't I, he like scripting it or maybe. was that something else? I mean, none of that seems like first choice for like. Why would Tim Burton direct a Superman movie? He already did Batman. Yeah. Really well. I don't yeah. understand why they would need to like make a Superman movie. Batman, of course. Superman, it should be like Ron Howard or something. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing a Tim Burton Superman. I think that would be the only way Superman could become an interesting Interesting character. in yeah. any way. Played by Nick Cage. Yeah. yeah. There you go, man. With a Jamaican accent, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Jamaican Superman would be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Played by a fucking white guy from uh, California. Do you have any insight into like why he thought the Jamaican accent was necessary? No. Hopefully, somewhere down the road, that piece of trivia will come back again in context, and uh, we can uh, assess it further. But I mean, he just—I mean, it's, he just likes doing voices when he feels the character. Uh, calls or just making crazy choices, and that's like a theme throughout his career. Is like uh, coming to a movie, having read the script, and being like, "I need to wear a special jacket." You know? <laughs> I, I, do you think? See, I don't think he makes those decisions because he genuinely thinks so. I think he makes those decisions because a) he wants to keep it interesting for himself, yeah, and b) he wants to actually push the like, like he wants to push the 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 decision makers in whatever movie he's making to like, to prove that they want him enough. (laughs) Oh, you know what I mean? No, seriously. You think he's like acting out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. (laughs) To be like, all right, listen, motherfuckers, like you're, you're going to call me in for this role. Like, let's see how bad you want me. So he'll just make absurd demands and character choices and then see how like long they'll go along with it. Yeah. I think that's a good theory that, that tracks. It tracks very well. Side note, this script was written. I was like, watching it and being like, this feels like a play. And uh, it was written by a man, John Patrick Shanley, who I guess is a very accomplished playwright and also wrote Doubt, Hmm. Joe versus the Volcano, Alive. Which was that? That's the true story of the soccer team that lands in the Andes and eats each other. Yeah. Shit. I did not know about that. Congo, (laughs) which is... A Michael Crichton movie about apes that yes. become evil or weaponized or something. And we're back, a dinosaur story. 
Wow. These all sound like prime roles for Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> As the gorilla. Yeah. Nick Cage actually played the gorilla. In As Congo. the dinosaur that came back. With a Jamaican accent. <laughs> As the volcano. It was really problematic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He got cut. <laughs> That actually would be the most problematic role is Nick Cage playing a gorilla doing a Jamaican accent. <laughs> yeah. Just should not be allowed on celluloid. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a really good playwright. I did a couple monologues by him. Oh, really? And I liked his work. For, from Doubt? For a period of time. No, not from Doubt. From stuff I don't think ever got... Um, I don't like filmed. filmed? That's, that's the word I was going to pick, but that seems like a bizarre way of saying that adapted to the screen. Yeah. Thank there you. we go. That's I'll go with perfect. that. Have you guys seen Joe versus the volcano? It's been a long time. A long time ago. But yeah. yeah, I remember really liking it. Yeah. I remember liking it. Too. Now I'm on record. Now you, you watch it again. It's horrible. You, was, have, you have to come back on next week and be like, guys, yeah, I clear that up. I was really relieved uh, when I rewatched Moonstruck after having gone on record as being a huge fan of it and being like, yeah, no, it holds up. It's still a good movie. It's good. It's so good. What, what did Cher do after this? Do you, do you have any insight into Cher's career post Moonstruck? Uh, was Mask after this or was that before? That was before. Okay. No. Yeah, I think it was before. I, I honestly, I'm not, I, like, the extent of my expertise in Cher is that I follow her on Twitter. Um, and, like, That's I more like than I did. Yeah. <laughs> was this before or after the... Oh, this was way before. That was like the nineties. Yeah, was that it? was yeah. yeah, that was like late nineties. With the, the she was like an auto tune pioneer in that yeah. song. She really That was that was the first song to chart with auto tune. Really? And it was a massive hit. Yeah. And that was like around the same time as that like uh Madonna comeback song too, right? Or <sighs> it was a yeah. bad, bad time for music. <laughs> the, um music. Yeah, yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. That one. People. Well, yeah. no, there's the, the other one that was like, uh, all like weird electronic. -y. Oh, 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 you're thinking of, oh fuck. What's the name of that song? Um, Me against Ray the of music? light. Yeah. Ray of oh, light. I yeah. Love, I love Ray, Ray of, light. of light. Don't shit talk Ray of light. Oh man. <laughs> um, Zephyr in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> I like how no one edited those lyrics. They were like, Madonna, no one is like, what, what does this what mean? Yeah. Zephyr in the sky at night, she wonders, will her dreams of morning sink beneath, sink the, beneath sun. the sun? Dude, that, that's some extremely abstract poetry. She Beautiful. bought herself a universe. <laughs> I'd gone crazy. I, Cher also had that, didn't, she had that If I Could Turn Back Time song, right? That was, mm. that was recent, or that was around the same time as... I think, yeah, I guess uh, that's the one I was thinking. That's the one on the battleship, right? The music video of her, like, in the, like, oh. fishnet, oh. like, dancing with all those sailors. You guys don't know what I'm talking no, about? No, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember the song. It's, I, I don't know what song that is. I feel I, like the, the music video blinded me to anything I was listening to. <laughs> I know it scandalized America. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, I know that post that, I feel like that is the image that I have of Cher, which is, like, her face, like, stretched to, like, plastic perfection and her hair, like just huge and she's like this tall white gazelle woman who is ageless and uh but in this movie she's so like real earthy yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean and she her performance is really good and like naturalistic i think I think she I think this is the first movie that we've watched so far where nick cage is not the is is not my favorite performance in the film 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, he really, um, he, his role in this is kind of like the, the leading lady in most movies where mm-hmm. he doesn't really have a character. He's kind of one dimensional and is just kind of there to be eye candy and like as a placeholder so right. that the plot can kind of carry out. Yeah, definitely. Which he was on record as like fighting against in Peggy Sue. That's the whole reason he put on this, the silly voice was because he didn't want to be the quote babe. So um, also apparently he had a, <laughs> several to a lot of scenes of himself doing something more outlandish that Norman Jewison cut. <laughs> it was like, no, nope. Oh really? Yeah. He's like, that's distracting. And uh, Nick Cage was a little butthurt because he thought, you know, it, it really showed more of who his character was. Yeah. But, but again, like it's like yeah. Aaron was saying, like his character isn't there to no, like it's Cher's movie. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, and I forget that it's, I mean, it's on, it, it's an ensemble movie. Really. It's, it is his story and it's his family story and stuff, but like, it's Cher. It's Cher's movie. It's written as an ensemble, but Cher shines <laughs> and Cage smolders. <laughs> you should uh, you should write reviews. Yeah, Dave. is that actually is that a? Um, That's in my notes. Actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that on the poster, like Cher shines and yeah. Cage smolders in Moonstruck. <laughs> uh, is there anything else we want to say? Did we milk it? I, I can't feel that we did, but the, the, it, I watched this like over a week ago. So now right. I'm starting, like most of my notes don't make sense. I underlined subversive traditionalism for some reason, but now I have no idea what that <laughs> refers to. That feels really like just you saying those words. I feel like we talked about something else. Like, <laughs> my brain did some sort of like twitch to that. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's more just the, I, the fact that, like I was saying before, it, 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 it pushes the idea of like, um, everything like going back to normal and like being in its right place at the end, but it does so by exploring like stuff that like infidelity, right. That, so like it, it, it ends on like the right note Mm. and kind of gives you a feeling of like, you know, and they, and they lived happily ever after. So in that sense, it sort of pushes the idea of like the, this like traditionalism, like will work out in the end, but right. it, but it, but it arrives at it by like, you know, well, and well, what's cool is it's not, it's not the easy thing of like, you know, we grew up with these values and people, blah, blah, blah. And you, you are erring from the value. Like even the dad, I think is like the most ultimate, like he's cheating. He shouldn't be cheating. Like shares situation is different, but like, and, but it, it, that's not like an affront to tradition. It's shown as part of human life and part of tradition that where the point is the reconciliation and the family, the love, like they really hammer the family thing home. Um, I mean, the last shot is of the fucking grandparents in the picture and them going, familia, familia. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. But it, the, it, it's, not, it's not like the status quo returned. Even though they're like, it's, the whole thing is like the moon made everyone crazy. Like, I feel like par- this movie feels really comforting because there, it, 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 people make, kind of crazy decisions, but it's not, the movie isn't shaming them and the movie isn't telling you a lesson Mm -hmm. really. It's just, it all goes back to being okay because it's okay that 
life is crazy. Yeah. I mean, when you said it was a comedy of errors earlier, like that hits it on the head that it's exactly, it's not a morality play. It's it's comedy of errors. Right. Yeah. And it is celebrating love. It feels like it comes from a place of joy that true. Like I, the fact that I say that it's celebrating love and I don't feel embarrassed that that, you know, like I wouldn't say that about like love actually. Yeah. <laughs> you know, would, why not Dave? <laughs> actually, uh, <laughs> Because it feels like more cynical and feels more calculated. And this movie is like, has like some, the the script is a great piece of like play craft, but it, it, it is coming. It feels really genuine. It's made with love about love. Miles, why do yeah. men chase women? Because they're afraid of death. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, was that that was that yeah, was the that answer was, he gave, right? Okay. Yeah. I actually didn't remember. I wrote down the yeah. question. Though. I remember that as for some reason being extremely poignant and yeah. like to me. So I remember yeah. that. Didn't she? Doesn't she say to? I it's been a, a little over a week since I saw it too. But didn't she say to the husband like, "You're gonna die, whatever. Get over it." Like, yeah, yeah. Kinda, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, because or because Fraser's, Fraser's dad, dad says that to her, mm-hmm. yeah. and then when she asks her husband later on, "Why do men chase women?" He's like, I don't know. And then she gives that answer. She's mm. like, because, because men are, because men fear death. I really wanted more of Fraser's dad. I wanted I know. to know more about it. I thought his whole thing was pretty poignant. He kept going to the same restaurant and getting water thrown on him. Yeah. Justifiably. What he doesn't out. know about women is a lot. Right. <laughs> For being a college professor. Yeah. Taking his and students. And being around like women of that age all the time. Yeah. He doesn't really understand them at all. Yeah. Yeah. But, it, you know, it was he, then Olympia Dukakis is talking to him and like, you can tell he's like, oh, right. Well, I just need a mommy. Hold me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and uh, I read another good line. I like she asked him, what's the matter, pop? And his answer is just, I'm, I'm confused. confused. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite line in the whole movie. Yeah. There's a lot of importance on the ritual on like rituals and like the ritual of marriage. Mm-hmm. She's like the reason my she's the reason my husband died was because we didn't do it the right way. Yeah. Oh yeah. What did you guys think of Danny? Ayayo? Ayayo? Yeah. Johnny. Her. Oh, he's a loser, man. Yeah. Like why is she dating Johnny? I know dude. Cher can get anyone and she's dating Johnny. Yeah. Come yeah. On, man. Also she could get Ronnie and she's <laughs> dating Johnny. Yeah. It's Come on. <laughs> What's her job? She's like a receptionist at a funeral home. No, she's a accountant. <laughs> receptionist. A receptionist at a <laughs> funeral home. <laughs> what? <laughs> Dave, I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, leave it in. <laughs> I want everyone to know it's why. Why? Why did you think? Is like, is it? Was there something? Was there something missing that I didn't pick up on that the made you think fault that? For making me think. <laughs> well, it, it distracted you. Yeah, you know, like the first. And you cut your hand off. Yeah, fuck this movie. No, the first scene with her, she's in. The funeral home. Yeah, because she's she works she works the books for that for that funeral. Home. Well, now I know. <laughs> right. I didn't read the novel like you guys. Just, just watching the movie. Oh, you didn't. You didn't read the the, <laughs> the novelization. Of the Moonstruck. novel from the adapted from the best selling hit film Moonstruck <laughs> by Precious. By Pre- oh wait, by Sapphire. <laughs> Edit that to make it right. Okay. 
from, from now on, I'm just going to edit like we like no episode can have any like factually incorrect information. Yeah. So I have to chop like every other sentence is just me chopping half of it out so that it's like, wait, what was it? Was that actually it? I don't remember. I think that was it. Oh, no, it was. But I'm just going to edit like yeah, all of it out so that it's just us stating facts. Right. I was thinking for for this podcast to really succeed, we need a uh, an antagonist in the room because I think we have settled on we know where we're at with Cage and I don't know where I'm at. I don't well, think I know where I'm at with Cage. I think but we're usually pretty positive. Or I'm pretty I push the positivity. Oh, right. I maybe I need an antagonist. I just need someone to take me down or else I'm just going to keep like gushing about uh, his, uh, yeah, I need someone to let some of my air out. Are you, you're going chronological though, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you'll get to a point where oh, yeah, his performances true. deserve criticism. Actually, and I know exactly where that point is. Where? Um, it is the family man. I think so too. Because, oh, because I think, I think from the family man on, like every other movie is just a fucking piece of shit and like almost entirely worthless. Like if it weren't for yeah. Nicolas Cage, we wouldn't be watching it ever. Matchstick Men was good. Was that, that was, after? Yeah. I okay. So. Then maybe. Yeah. yeah. Matchstick no, Men but was fun. It, yeah. It's just little peaks in a big right. valley after that. Like, uh, Matchstick Men adaptation. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. I guess I was wrong. It's probably after adaptation. No, then. it's no? the family man. The okay. family man is real terrible. Yeah. I, well, that was a, around the same point as city of angels. Oh, right. With the music video where he's rolling back and forth through the telescopes. Yeah, Yeah. right. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Dude, how come come The Family Man has been coming up in almost every episode? I talked about it last night. I I was on acid with (laughs) Alex, and we talked about The Fucking Family Man, and I I talked about your Christmas experiences with The Family Man. Right. You have Christmas experiences? Yeah, there, there was... It's it's I don't really there, need to get into it, but there I'll, was a person who Miles knew who there that was their family's Christmas movie. Right, that's so weird. And they were like, yeah, we watched it every. It was like there, it's a wonderful life. I mean, it's it's supposed to be a remake of It's a Wonderful right. Life. That's what it's set there. Up we as. go. Looking at Nick Cage's IMDb page, year two thousand or nineteen ninety nine, things are going. We got eight millimeter. We got Bringing Out the Dead, both fun ish movies. Gone in 60 seconds, then fucking Family Man, Captain Corelli's Mandolin, Christmas Carol the movie. Wait, what? It's an animated movie, and he plays the ghost of Marley. Man, do we have to watch that one? Um, I don't know. <laughs> and like wind talkers. That's like... I always forget that he was in Gone in 60 seconds. Yeah. I always forget about that movie. I, I feel know. like the Fast and the Furious just well because they made like fourteen more after that, yeah. and they never made a sequel to Gone in would have gone, gone in one hundred fifty seconds. <laughs> I was gonna say Gone in one hundred and twenty <laughs> seconds, but that one that one's actually much funnier. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Is well, there, let, anything else? See, we're bad at closing out episodes too. Yeah. I would just encourage you all to uh, check out Cher's Twitter. She is a staunch. Uh, um, Trump criticizer, and uh, she's got some very insightful commentary, uh, most of it colored by uh, emojis. <laughs> so I would just, yeah, make that a priority. I learned yesterday that Roseanne Barr is uh, a Trump supporter at this point and is very like big on Twitter about it. So I'd like to see them face off. <laughs> Friend in the sky at night, 
she wonders. 